Welcome to the Healthy Dog Pod. It's Sophie and Ian, as always. Hello. And today we have a special guest. We have Dom from the Dog Brigade. Hi, Dom. Good morning. (laughs) So, Dom, tell us a little bit about how you got started and a little bit about the Dog Brigade, too. Um, Okay. So, um, how I got started. Um, I used to work in hospitality for 14 years and um, I moved to Ireland in was it 2006 i think oh my god <laughs> oh my god um oh <laughs> everyone can see now through the through this now the cameras are on you can see how fucking clumsy i am so <laughs> too much coffee see? Too, too much, much coffee and caffeine fuel. yeah um so yeah i wanted to get out of hospitality and um my partner at the time said why don't you volunteer at the local shelter so the dublin society of protection of animals so i did um, and loved it. Was there five days a week, couldn't get rid of me. So they eventually <laughs> offered me a job. Oh, nice. Um, and started working there, got out of hospitality and didn't really know anything about dogs. I'd had dogs as a kid, hadn't had a dog as an adult. So when I went into there and was just, my eyes were opened to all of these dogs with what I now know are basic behaviour issue. Yeah. Issues. Oh, excuse me, too much coffee, not enough water. <laughs> um, you guys make me nervous. You're both sitting there staring at yeah, me. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Pressure on. Um, I've never seen Dom nervous. I look into great. the air. <laughs> I am. I'm doing this. I'm, t- I'm not here. I'm just looking over the top of your heads. We'll just put the camera on, so there you Thank go. Thank you. Oh, that's so much better. <laughs> Pressure off. Yeah. No. You watch. He'll flick it back. 100%. Um, I'm still, I'm just going to stare at Sophie's my beautiful face. Hello, good morning. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, started working there and was exposed to different parts of the shelter. So it wasn't just the kennels, don't do it, you're so mean. Um, so I worked in, um, in adoptions, we worked in the surrenders and also a lot of the cruelty cases as well. So there was a lot of stuff that you see that humans do that kind of really open your eyes. Um, and that's but, the main like main pound in Ireland, isn't it? So they yeah, get, they're going to get a lot of a lot of dogs and a lot of like variation in what you see as well. Yeah, there really was. It was um, it wasn't just your big staffies and and um, um, typical rescues dogs. Like yeah, yeah, you see a lot. We had so many greyhounds and lurchers. Really? So yeah. yeah. Forget about that back home. The, the the hounds are really popular. Yeah. But when I say home, I'm I'm not Irish. Um, <laughs> but no, well. that end of the world. Like the that they do yeah. get a lot more hounds and because like, as popular as Staffies are, I think they are still the most popular breed over there. But yeah. They love their hounds. They do, yeah. So there was a lot of lurchers that used to come in, which are just beautiful. So they're a, um, a greyhound mix, like a wirehead greyhound, just stunning. Um, but there was one dog that really, that really changed um, what, what I wanted to do with, with my life. Um, I'd never thought about being a trainer. I'd never thought about anything really. I just loved what I did at the time. Um, and his name is Ivan. 
So he's an enormous American bulldog that came in. Big, white, just massive head, like huge, huge dog. <laughs> um, and I called him Ivan from Ivan the Terrible because he was just so sweet. Like He was just oh. really lovely. The irony. <laughs> the irony, exactly, yeah. Because people would look at him and go, oh, my God, he looks mean. Like he constantly looked pissed off. Yeah. Um, and there was a trainer that used to come in at the time who was very much dominance-based and, you know, put a check chain on him and Ivan would just drop to the floor. He wouldn't move. So this guy would continue to tug on the lead. And I didn't know anything about training. I also did try the check chain, you know, just for transparency. I've, I've tried check chain, check, check chain. I can't even say it. Check chain. <laughs> chain. Um, it didn't work. It just didn't work. No. Um, and I couldn't bring myself to do it any harder. Um, the dog weighed almost the same as I did. So um, I started bringing food on walks with him. Um, even food wasn't a, a big thing for him. But what I found was movement for him was really hard. He was just really, really scared. Now when I think back at walking him and trying to walk him, he would see something and he would just go into freeze. Mm. And yeah. at the time I didn't know what that was. Um, so we would just sit. We'd just sit and watch the world go by. Um, so I fought and fought and fought. They weren't going to rehome him because they thought he was just too much for the average person. Um, but thankfully in the end they did. Um, he found a lovely home and, and went off. So when I moved back to Australia, um, I still wanted to work in rescue because that was something that I really felt my heart was strong and just loved, um, but also wanted to study. Yeah. So then um, sent out so many emails to different trainers because I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to look. It's definitely a thing with our industry. It's like we get, we'll probably get an email maybe two a week from somebody just going, hey, we want to start working in the industry how? Mm. That's, that's what I did to you. Yeah. I was like, hey, I want to get started. But you'd at least done your course. We get Honestly, we get people ringing up and just going, I don't even know where to... We've got a... Put it this way. We've got a... You know what they're called? Um, a pre-written email, like, template. Mm. That's now when people ask us, where can we study? Because we honestly get asked that much. We can't, write, we can't just write. We haven't got time to write the reply every time. So we've yeah. literally got a load of courses with the links and details that we can just send out for people. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's an unregulated industry. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's not specific areas to go to that, that you can Google and go, hey, well, that's where I, have, I can look. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I emailed all. I just I Googled trainers in Sydney and emailed yeah. all of them. I, basic same question, I want to get into the industry, I want to study, where do I go? Yeah. And I had one response from a trainer. Um, Just one? One. Wow. Yeah. Um, and she um, was Delta qualified and said, look, why don't you come in and have a look at our class and, you know, think about going Delta. And so I did. So yeah, I did fantastic. the Delta course. And well, at least that one popped up and <laughs> not some lunatic <laughs> like a backyard and going, come and see our trained dogs, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a scary thing though. Like if you don't know and you're trying to find, you know, someone to sit with, you could go to the wrong person. Well, that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. And I see that a lot now with people because there are so many people that are getting into the industry and, and it's and they're not uh, they're not qualified. They don't have the knowledge. Um, so and then they're giving other people this knowledge mm. that they don't have. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going from old school TV stars that, you know, they watch the box set of or, um, 
you know, old school books that they might have read, um, which we now know have... Um, outdated information. Outdated, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about all of the research that they're now doing because it, there's a real interest in dog behaviour and how dogs think and how their brains function and, and how we can then utilise that in working with them because we've got so many people with so many dogs now. Um, and, you know, like you've said, Ian, on many occasions, our expectations of dogs are so much higher um, and the living... Um, environments that we put them in are so different to what we had when I was growing up you know we had a dog in the backyard but it was allowed in the house but there was always somebody home yeah yeah um these these days it's you know everybody works and they work longer hours and you know we our expectations of dogs living in really 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 busy urban areas but also being left alone for long periods of time you know that's that's not what we no, and it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Like we do it, we do. I've said, like you say, I've said it many, many times. We put a lot of pressure on our dogs to conform to a lifestyle that is never meant. It's very unnatural. Yeah, you see it with people as well. People are breaking down more and more these days with the lifestyles they're trying to achieve. Well, it's it's, it's true. It's you know we're not we're we're moving faster than our adaptability allows us to to adapt to. You know, and it's the same with dogs. They're you know they're a completely different species. It'd be like putting a monkey in a home environment, which some people do in certain countries. <laughs> um, but you can see that that goes wrong. Yeah, you know that it's it's not what we it's not what we've bred them to do. We haven't. We haven't had them domesticated long enough to adjust to our expectations. Let alone, like, you know, so many of these breeds, uh, well, dogs in general, they are, they're still classified as to what we were breeding them for. You know, like yeah. the herding uh, hounds, you know, working dogs, their brains were, were being bred for, and still are, essentially, being bred um, for purpose. Mm. And in the last... 20 years that purpose just doesn't isn't there anymore for for our pet dogs and you can see their brains are breaking um in their behavior that's what we're that's what we're seeing and they're not you know they're dominance crap they're not trying to rule the world they're no. literally breaking down and something's got in my opinion something's got to change like either uh, either the way we own dogs has got to change mm. or what we breed for I think it's a combination of a lot of things. It's not just what we breed for. Like their genetic predisposition to behave in certain innate ways mm. is going to be there for generations. You know, it's it's how it, it, it's so um, um, deep seated in them. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not that they want to behave this way. They just do. Yeah. And we have to. We. Ha- I think yeah. It's it's about lowering our expectations, but. Breed selection in regards to the type of dog that you want for your home. Yeah. Not, I've always wanted. Yeah, yeah. Or it looks cute. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've always wanted a Lamborghini. I'm not going to buy one. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks good, I like that. it doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't fit my bank account. <laughs> and the way I drive, which is really well, by the way, um, I would be arrested. We're on camera. And <laughs> you can't lie. <laughs> I'm a good driver. Okay? Oh, no, I'm not saying you're not a good driver, but the amount of times where we're like lift share and you're like, you're a bit of a granny. I'm not, but. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, th- I think it's, you know, when they, um, when people decide to breed dogs, 
you know, they are, especially these days, and I was listening to an audio book this morning that goes through by um, Dr. Stanley Coren, have you? I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. He does amazing audio books to listen to and he makes it really simple for the average person to understand. Um, but what he was talking about in this particular um, audio book is how um, we're breeding for appearance. Mm. We're not breeding for behaviour. We're not breeding for temperament, you know, and, and we... I mean, you guys must see it a lot now. We, we're having more dogs with reactive issues. We're having more dogs that are not confident in themselves. You know, they're not confident to move in day-to-day in -day life. Um, and I think that it is because we're, we're breeding for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, we're not breeding for temperament. You know, originally when, when humans started to domesticate dogs, they bred for temperament. Mm. You want that dog that's okay around your family home around your children and around your animals. We're not doing that anymore. No. We're looking for the cute dog that gives us the big, excuse me, googly eyes. Yeah, yeah it's um, got the longest coat there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and scientifically proven research shows that that's, that's not what we should be breeding for because it, you know, changing their aesthetics changes their behaviour. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's it. And you end up with dogs that, oh, like I've said it before a minute ago, like they're broken. Like yeah. from we're in puppy school these days, and you know, unfortunately, at eight weeks of age, you can literally just sit there and go, Shit. "You're in a world of pain." Yeah. Like, yeah, this is not going to be a good life. We even look at the dogs from years ago. How, like, a for example, bull terrier looked back then mm. to yeah. now, yeah. so different. Yeah, so different. Yeah, and this it's crazy what we're doing. Got friends that are work and sorry, not work, but are in the breeding circles, and you know, they're walking around and. The dog could be losing its absolute shit at another dog, just going off mm. its head. But they're like, "Gom, look how confident! Look at his body language! Like, that's a, that's a great top line." I'm like, "Are you kidding?" Are you going to breed with that <laughs> again? That comes down to education. So there's, you know, I, um, I've gone from standing on the sideline and going, "Oh my god, you idiot! How could how can you say that? We're using yeah. the word dominance." But you don't know what you don't know. No, that's right. Yeah, exactly. If you've got people who, where the general consensus of dog behaviour and understanding of it was dominant submission. They were the two columns that dogs were put in and that was it. There was nothing yeah. else. There was, there was not, oh, my dog is running towards that other dog with a high tail, ears forward, mouth firmly closed, heckles up. It's, that dog's dominant. <laughs> now, it doesn't, a, a, what? What does that, is, is that a personality trait? Is it, is it just what the dog looks like? It's, you know, what does that actually mean? But yeah. now with so many more um, uh, behaviour analysts coming out, so like one that I will, who is, I love this woman, I have a woman, uh, a girly crush on this woman, Dr. Susan <laughs> yeah. Friedman. Hello, uh, yes, Dr. Susan yes. Friedman, <laughs> behaviourworks.org, please, <laughs> everyone. Doing that course in January. Yeah, um, learning about learning. Yeah. Uh, seminar that I went to this year with Dr. Susan Freeman and Peter Clark. Um, and it is about analysing behaviour. It's yeah. not about labelling behaviour because it doesn't, it doesn't give you any information. Yeah. Oh, my dog's dominant. Over what? What does it do? <laughs> That's the thing. Though. Nobody, we've talked about this in uh, episode three, but yeah. nobody really understands what that term means. Yeah. Because there is, like, dominance exists, but into, mm. like you said, over what? Is it dominant over an individual? Is it starting to dominate a resource? Is it, like you say, is it personality trait? No. Like, 
people don't understand what it actually means. And no. in, the, in their world, they're trying, if they're trying to dominate a resource, it's because they need it. Mm. Yeah. It's not trying to dominate the other individual. Or the world. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's dominance in context of something else. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you've got two dogs and there's one bone and one dog is standing over the top of it growling, is that dominance or is that just resource guarding? Well, that's where we call it. In my, in my mind, I talk about it as in like situational dominance. Yeah. So that, that dog that maintains the resource will dominate the situation. Mm-hmm. But that's just the, that situation. That's the end of the conversation. Yeah, and that's it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's not that, that okay, that, that dog is showing that behaviour in that context, which means in general... It's dominant. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not, yeah. It doesn't mean it's dominant. No. It means that in that moment, it walked away with the resource that it tried to maintain. Yeah. Yeah. And the other dog did not, is not submissive. No. But it did not want conflict. Yeah. So, enough, and did not want that resource enough to get into conflict. Well, that's it. And, you know, one of the, and the biggest, and I think, you know, this is the main thing that we were going to talk about, and it's my tagline at the moment, is yeah, behaviour yeah. is information. Yeah. You know, you read behaviour, whether it's with a dog, a cat or a human, and go, what did that animal do in that context at that time? And looking at the context, and I kind of say to clients, look at the context that, oh, sorry, um, that that behaviour happened in and take Polaroid pictures of that context and look at each independent thing that happens and is in that context and go, what does, how does all of that cue that animal to behave in that way? Yeah. And how can you change that environment to help cue the dog to do something else? Yeah. I think uh, on, you know, just to paint a nicer, uh, not a nicer, a bigger well, picture my, on that. My picture wasn't nice. No, it's great. <laughs> I love your picture. I understand your picture. Um, it's great. But uh, one of the things that I think a lot of people um, probably don't, um, they've probably never even thought about, let's be honest, Yeah. Uh, is the environment. So no. Yeah, it's the, very overlooked, isn't it? Yeah. Like, so the in, in, internal, external environment. So the internal environment is how you feel, whether you're in pain. Mm-hmm. And every single part of your previous learning and what, what you're going through in that moment is part of your, it makes up your internal environment. That will all affect behavior. But then there's the external environment. And then that's where you are and those within it. It's like the simplest way I can put it. Yeah. And every single one of, every single bit of it will affect your behavior. You will change your behavior according to where you are and those within it, according to whether you're in pain, you know, got a previous learnt association of something. Mm. Every single moment of that affects behavior. And we have this brilliant frontal cortex that allows us to gather huge amounts of information and normalize a lot of it. And then we, we forget that the dog can't do that. Their environment is much more present. And so they're much more open to change. So shit that we don't even notice, like something like getting up and getting a glass of water, we would not consider a change in environment. But for the dog... It's a random movement from an individual. It's going to trigger its nervous center. It's going to make it go, what? And well, just, yeah. It is about, you know, if you're going to analyze any animal, you have to look at the, you have to look at the general health of that dog, internal and external. And as you said, what, is, what, are the, what are the memories it has in that context? You know, what is the learning history for that, for that animal to go see that movement? So for an, here's an example. I went to see a client on Saturday with a little dog that is human and dog reactive. Um, 
and it's been that way for a while. Now, the dog has a bite history, um, but because it's a little dog, it's it's not nothing. It's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. When, but yeah. It, again, it, it's down to. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that the the owner, lovely, she's. So I just didn't. I just didn't know. So we went through body language. We had him on lead, um, which obviously is going to heighten his behaviour with a stranger inside the house. Um, so I sat there as still as I could. And I said to her, "Any movement I make, your dog is going to have a startled response. He's going to be reactive." She went, "Oh no! If you just throw food." That doesn't always work, you know, because his internal stress, even though there were moments where he paused, internally what we don't see, there's still things happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where people, again, because they don't know what they're looking for, you know, he was doing little tongue flicks, his ears were forward, his eyes were wide, his mouth was so tensely closed. And I'm looking at this guy going, I'm so sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really sorry. And I, you know, I just said, look, we'll have to finish because I just think he's just too stressed. Yeah. And I think there are, there are alternatives. Well, you need to have a look at other things to help with his behaviour. But, yeah, internally this guy was screaming, yeah. get out of my house, get yeah. out of my house. Yeah. And it's not because he was being a dominant dog and being territorial or protective of his human. I freaked him out. I'm a genuine threat and any movement I made, he considered to be a threat towards him. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's... Like you said, like in that, just again, like, Sorry, I cut you off earlier. You were so bit, rude. I know, right? <laughs> you what I have to deal with all the time. The, what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Quiet, you. There's um, <laughs> um, No, you were saying like that. Um, the dog's behaviour is information. Yeah. And um, when you break it down like the way you just did, and you can literally pinpoint it, like, you know, the closed mouth and the ears and the eyes and everything else, when you know what you're looking for, when, and so somebody listening to this, hopefully they go, yeah, that's, oh shit, that's really that's obvious. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. And they do when I come into homes and because that's predominantly what I work with is reactive, fearful, anxious dogs. And when I say to them, you know your dog, have a look, stop and look, don't label. So, you know, something that Dr. Susan Friedman says is unlabel me. Mm. Don't label the dog, don't you, because they're just, they're, they are... They're words that then put a general consensus of what we believe the dog is is doing, yep. not feeling, is doing. Yep. And we're not taking into consideration how the dog is feeling. You know, feelings, they're something we're born with. They're survival. And when a dog feels and when a human feels, we respond to that feeling. And then what we do as humans, because we, we're verbal, we label it yeah. with an emotion. Yeah. But if you, if you think about feelings, just going back a bit, if you think about feelings and how we label them, again, we have to look at them in context. So if you think about it this way, you walk into a cake shop first thing in the morning. Oh, smells God. amazing, right? <laughs> so what does that, how does that make you feel, Sophie? Oh, It makes me feel like hungry, hungry. and amazing and... Just, is your, is your I'm mouth, just like, my mouth's watering. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, sorry. Your tummy's grumbling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you get that grumbling tummy. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my God, walking in a cage. Yeah. Okay. Now, think about a grumbling tummy in a doctor's office. Same feeling. 
different context. Yeah. You're waiting for the doctor to come back with some test results. Same feeling. Yeah. Different context. Yeah. So if we, and the thing with with us as humans, we have this conscious conscious ability to rationalise. Yeah. And yet we still go see psychiatrists and take medication, even though we have that ability to sit down and go, okay, yep, the doctor could come back and it might just be that, you know, I have low blood pressure or, yeah. you know, high, high cholesterol, but not too high. But you're still feeling that feeling. With a dog, they respond to that feeling because they live in the now. Yeah. I feel, I respond, it works this way for me. So response is always for an outcome. Yeah. Yeah, there's no overthinking it and then suppressing your, uh, your response to that feeling. No, the dog, can't. The dog just is. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, whether that is presented as, you know, big erratic movements or big elaborate movements, not erratic, some are. Um, Can be, yes. <laughs> but uh, it could be the really subtle stuff. Yeah. Like, and, you know, that dog that's just sitting there, like you say, that's sitting still. That's still information. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, I, I want people to look at their dogs with an open mind and look at them and go, just, no movement is still a, is a lot of information just as a dog lunging at the end of the lead. If you see a dog like Ivan just dropped. Yeah. He dropped to the floor. That was huge information. Now that I know, he was saying, I can't, the world's just too scary. Yeah. I need to sit here, take in information and then process it and then choose what I feel I can do. So when I say to clients, we're going to reverse your dog's behavior, what I mean is I want them to look at their dogs and go, I saw that lip leak. Yeah. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to acknowledge that lip leak by moving them out of the space of the fearful thing mm. or mark them if, we're, if, if the dog is in a, in a, in, in a, able to, to understand what the mark is, depending on where their brain is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's not, I don't want people to look for that big, oh my God, my dog's lunging. What were they doing before that? Yeah. yeah. There's so <laughs> many more Lunging's signals. way too late. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, and it, it is, when I, when I explain different, you know, body language signals, lip licking, yawning, paw raise, head down, head turn, ears up, ears back, heckles, even the carriage of the tail. Yeah. You know, so many people think that a wagging tail is a happy tail. It's, yeah. it's not. It's The best description I've ever read on a wagging tail is, I am willing to engage. Yeah. <laughs> so, on what level? Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, because we've got all these dogs that don't have tails, which makes it even harder for, for owners to understand. <laughs> and for other dogs. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. It's, you know, communication breakdown. It's, it's, it'd be like if I sat here and spoke to you in, in three different languages. You probably could. Yeah, right. <laughs> I could make up language. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Did you understand me? Every word. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's it though. They they do they we we forget about that part as well, you know, the breeding is for a lot of dogs has taken away that ability to communicate and a bit, lack of ability to give information. I saw uh, with bulldogs, I always explain to bulldog puppy owners like I know your bulldog wants to charge up to every other dog. That's what they do. Try not to let them. Yeah. Because it is like letting, it's like taking a bowling ball and just rolling it at other, others. 
you know, they are the dogs of the world that have a plastic surgery and can't communicate. It's like, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sad. Like, it's yes. so true. I love it. Like, it really so is. True. Like, yeah. Bottles in like this. It's like uh, Tracy did a really good, uh, we were uh, Tracy Irons from uh, AVBS. Mm. She did a great uh, little one talking about Italian greyhounds. Yeah. She's like, their body language is all meek. They look really shy, but she's walking around going, I'm having a great day. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody knows. Like, exactly. But like that's just the way we bred them to look. And then all of a sudden, like you say, we label it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's then it then it brings around other issues. You know, people look at a big, tense uh, ball of muscle like a staffy and go, oh, yeah, he needs a firm hand. No, like no. bullshit. Like he's, his brain works the same as other dogs. Like he doesn't need a firmer, or softer hand. He just needs to be understood and listened to. Well, that's yeah, and and that's it's a really good point because it's um, that kind of brings me to um, heated discussions I've had. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm so meek and oh my god. Um, this, is why we wanted, this is why we wanted Dom in here though. It's like doesn't mind an opinion. Normally a good one though. <laughs> but I'm always, you know, everyone's entitled to opinions. It's more yeah. that you have to Probably be. Sophie. You have to be open to listen to other people because, you know, opinions aren't right or wrong. Yeah. And there's there's so much knowledge and information for us to gather. You have to step back and go, okay, fair enough. But something that I will stand strong in in terms of an opinion is using aversive tools. I'm mm. sorry. I just, you know, if I can, if I can go and work with a bear without putting a check chain or a prong collar on it, and I can get it to move from one end to another just by doing this and marking it. And I can get it to touch different targets. I can get it to open its mouth. Then you should be able to work with a Rottweiler mm. without putting a prong collar on it. And I have had discussions with people about, um, they say, it works. Of course it works. If you slap me in the face every time I step to the right, I would stop stepping to the right. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're teaching me anything. You're teaching me what not to do. Yeah. You're not teaching me what to do. And I think the confusion when it comes to um, the training industry is they say, yes, but it works. But we don't hit children anymore because we understand the the, the fallout that that has. Yeah. You know, it's not about, but it works now. Of course it works now. But what what trust account are you building? Again, Dr. Susan Friedman, um, build a trust account with your dog. Yeah. You don't, if you, if you want your dog to respect you, again, dogs don't understand that concept, um, then teach it. Yeah. Teach it to be confident. Teach it to be a problem solver. Teach them to understand their environments and how their behaviours can affect, positively affect their environments and how they can be in control in scary environments. Putting a a prong collar or even a slip lead or a check chain and poking and prodding your dog. Yeah, that's not dog training. No, I'm sorry. It's just, it's not. I think you said like you tried it. You're like, no, this is not for me. Well, that's it. I mean, when people say, oh, you know, the positive reinforcement um, force-free brigade, you know, they've never, they've never tried using a check chain. I have. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't work. And, oh, my God, my stomach turned. Yeah. Every time I went like that, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, so. Yeah. 
Like, um, you know, I've heard the term as well, like, you know, positive reinforcement works until it doesn't. Yeah. I, I don't agree with that. I well, feel you're like, doing it wrong. I feel like, yeah, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're doing, you're doing yeah. it wrong. And, it's, and there is so many, I th- what was I reading last night? Um, uh, reading a paper by Steve Martin and Dr. Susan Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to tag her in this. I think you're going to have to. Right. Um, Happy to. She's uh, great. <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing yeah. woman. Um, and it was a paper where it was um, discussing, Steve Martin was talking about um, how he works with different animals. So he's worked with birds and, and zoo animals. And something he said... Wish I'd written it down. Uh, oh yes, um, she did write it. Down. I did. <laughs> um, undesirable behaviour in an animal is the trainer's skill. Accept mm. responsibility. They are the. They are your learner. You get what you reinforce. Okay. So, if if you're using positive reinforcement, if you're using whether it's markers or food or space or toys, you have to find out, one, is that the motiv- motivator for that yeah. animal at that time? Are there other things in the environment that are stopping that animal from engaging with you? You know, environments are reinforcing stimulus yep. for, for a dog or any animal. So if you're trying to work with one and they're not engaging with you, take a step back. There's a reason. Yeah. So when people say, I tried using treats but it didn't work let's have a look at that yeah. you know so many times you guys must get it too you walk into a house and people go my dog doesn't care about food really <laughs> it hasn't stopped eating since i got here yeah. and i had a client with like that last week you know a 15 year old dog they're two dogs they've just taken in um, a new dog a six-year-old and you know she said he'll he loves food she's not interested Two hours, this dog was taking food from me. Yeah. Yeah. So. It likes food. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. And then when I look at it that way as well, like I, because quite often the, the dogs that I'm working with, we're normally trying to create calm behavior. Nobody calls, nobody calls us because they can't get the dog excited. So a lot of the time <laughs> we're working, we're trying to calm the dog down. Yeah. So we don't, as much as I love training through play, it's, it's actually more enjoyable for me to do that than training through food. I, I get a kick out of it. It's my fun. Mm. But a lot of the time when I'm working with a dog, I'm using food and I'm actually using it as if your dog can't take the food, then something, something is wrong. Information. Yes. There you go. <laughs> the lack of. Yeah. It's the lack of taking the food. Yeah. That, that's the information. Mm. And so it's too close to the point of interest, whether that's a stressor or whether it's something that it genuinely wants to go to. Yeah. So if it's even if it's recall, oh, the dog won't come away for food. Well, you took it too close to the other dogs then. Yeah. yeah, it's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say earlier, like you, the the dog positive reinforcement works until you flood it, until you put it in a situation that it can't take the re- it doesn't choose your reinforcer. Like you said, accept responsibility. Yeah, like our dogs are um, their their behaviour is a product of what we expose them to. Mm. And the rules around what we expose them to, well, there are none. Just listen to your dog and don't set them up for a fail. And yeah. if you end up putting them in a situation where they're not doing the desired behavior, then take responsibility. Lower your criteria. Yeah. And yeah. change the environment. Like, you know, it is. It, that's why I say behavior is information. And I say it to every single client. Behavior is information. Yeah. It's not, your dog's not doing this to be a dick. No. Nah. Yeah. They're really not. <laughs> no. Nah. Humans 
different. Different, yeah, that's right. That's that whole cognitive ability, though, because we will try to manipulate others' emotions. Mm. We don't really shouldn't, but it's, we can't necessarily actually help it. Um, it's one of the reasons why we sat here today, I suppose, if you really <laughs> think about it. But <laughs> I just, I want animals. So I have a rabbit. Mm. Imagine trying to put a check chain on my rabbit, or if I, I don't, but if I hit him because he didn't do the right thing. He'd just run off. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, bye. I'm out of here. Yeah. Relationship like, broken down. Yeah. And that's it. So it's all about trust. And even when other people come over, like if Ian comes over or friends come over, you know, he builds that trust with them. He runs over to Ian now and sits with him and Ian pats him. Sits on my chest. It's yeah. Amazing. It's one of the best moments in life. It's so cute. And, <laughs> you know, he has actually taken me so long to train because it's, I've got about five minutes Mm. Of his time and his stomach as well, because yep. he gets full really quickly. And kale is kale and banana. Kale is king. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kale is king. I and like it's just taken time for me to train him. And I just always think of that. He's taught me so much about training animals and dog training because you have to have the patience with him, mm. and you have to build the relationship with him. Well, you said it uh, yourself there, Dom, a minute ago about uh, building that trust bank. Like you're when you're interacting with your dog. And when you're training your dog, it is a full, it's a conversation. Yeah, and yeah. you go into it and you ask the dog to do something. Mm-hmm. It's not, um, I, that's why I don't like even using the word obedience. Because it's a, it's a shit word. Like yeah. if your dog's disobedient, all of a sudden it brings around the mindset that you must correct it. Well, that's a oh, he's naughty. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So like Stubborn. you ask your dog to do yeah. something and it doesn't. You're now in a conversation with, with the animal and you go, Right, how you got to weigh it up. Like, how much do I really want you to do this? Because mm-hmm. does it fucking matter? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, if if I am going to get you to do this, uh, what are the factors that are you, making you not do it in, at the moment? What can I do to make this better? Mm. Uh, do I need to create distance? Do I need to up the reinforcement? Do I need to sl- slow things down around it? Do I need to be clearer? As the, have I practiced this enough in a quieter place to be able to achieve this here? So many variables, but this is the conversation you are now in because you chose to engage the dog. Don't tell the fucking dog off. Yeah, but it's conversations yeah. that we have with our dogs every single day. Yeah. yeah. So something else I've started to, to and I suppose, realise, but to say to clients is your dog's always learning. Yeah. Every interaction your dog has with you in their home environment and any other environment you put them in, they are learning something. It's not about taking that half an hour a day or, yeah. you know, half yeah. an hour a week and training them and then expecting that the other however many hours that are in that week, that that's going to change the dog's behaviour. Look at how they behave every day. What mm. what conversation are they having with you that you're, you're missing? And then you turn around when the dog finally is screaming at you <laughs> and you go... Yeah. What's wrong with you? I don't understand. It would, you know, it is, yeah. it's this constant dialogue that, that dogs are having with us that I just, again, people don't know what people to look know. for. Yeah. So it's not ignorance. It's just they just don't know. No. And I think if more, if... Well, well, that's why we want to get information out there. Yeah. 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 People don't know. They're give, always... Give people a chance. Always learning. No. It's no. always that old dog can't learn new tricks sort of thing as well. I had, I had a call the other day saying... Um, oh, I've, I've got a dog, he's six months old, do you think you can still train him? Like, mm. is he trainable? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, he is trainable. Imagine the dog training goes, no. <laughs> I'm sure there are some that do. But even like older dogs as well, people are like, oh, is it still possible for training? I was like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're always learning. And I think people don't know that, as you said. 
So. And, and not only that, especially when you're working with um, stress-based behaviors. Mm. Um, is my dog too old to basically like not, not be stressed not, anymore? Not, yeah. <laughs> you give it the opportunity, it's going to take it. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna, 100%. It's going to take it. You yeah. make it feel comfortable and it's going to go, oh, thank God, this could have happened 10 years ago. Well, imagine, you know, the dog that had felt stressed in its entire life starts to, mm. that, that stress response starts to dissipate. Can you imagine the relief that animal has? Yeah. yeah. We had, uh, only Saturday, I had a client, um, nine-year-old, uh, Jack Russell Cross Foxy. And as soon as I walked in, I'm like, this dog was just full on, just bop, 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 moving, 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 moving. Um, to the point where I was like, okay, well, we're just going to have to sit down and talk while this dog moves because it wasn't moving with any purpose. It was just uh, frantic. Um, so we started talking about it and uh, basically just explained, like, this this dog is now nine years old. It has been carrying this for a long time. They did not know mm. any. Other, they did not know this dog any other way other than this. And they just went, "Oh, he's really energetic." I'm like, okay. "Nope, he is really agitated and cannot stop." And mm. it's not a case of like he wants to keep moving. It is I cannot stop it's moving. Yeah. It's such a different conversation because if you look in that dog's eyes, it is not present. It is not, it's like, you know, as he comes towards you, he's just not there. He's like looking there and then there and then there. And he's not actually engaging with anybody. He's just information seeking from his environment so much. Mm. But then because he's so overstimulated, he can't even read the information he's getting. It, but even with that behavior, it's, you know, doing that for uh, for nine years, mm. you know, that's, that's, that's set a really strong neural pathway in his brain. Yep. So yeah. that repetition of that consistent behaviour changes the brain. And I think that's, again, where a lot of people don't think about. They don't think about the physiology of the brain and how changing behaviour or consistent behaviours that, that we as animals do lay down a pathway in that brain and that's just what keeps happening. That's yep. how we end up with habits. Yep. Yeah. You know, it takes 21 days for a human to change a habit. 21 yep. days where you can sit there and go, I'm not eating sugar today. I'm not eating sugar today. And you can choose to not go to the cake shop. You can choose to not go to an ice cream shop. You can choose to not have a dessert. We're the ones that choose the environments we yep. put these dogs in. So when we see dogs like that and we look at them and go, why are you like this? <laughs> Why? Yeah. They don't want to be that way. As you said, it's, that is their response that they have learned over time yep. that works in some way, shape or form. In yeah. some way, shape or it form. It makes the dog, it's what it knows. And so it makes the dog feel like, that. okay, well, in that moment, the dog's nervous center's on. And it's basically one goal is I'm stressed out. I just want to feel better. Mm -hmm. And it's still alive today. So every time it's practiced that behavior... It might not love it or anything like that. It might not enjoy that moment, but it will do it because it is still alive and it's worked in the past. So it's just going through its behavior loop. Yeah. It's like, and it wasn't a loop. It was, it was water bowl, balcony, sofa, water bowl, balcony, sofa. Dum, 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 dum. And it was just going. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just what he does. But that's, you know, that's like obsessive compulsive behavior. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's when people go ball throwing. <laughs> dog loves it it's repetitions and it is it's a loop it's yeah. a cycle yeah. that is self-reinforced and people keep doing it the dog loves it yeah yeah until it drops of a heart attack my dog loves chasing the ball i'm like 
is it, is it love or is it compulsion? Because can your dog like not chase the ball? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I've got a lot a lot of clients where I, when I go to see them and they say, well, we can only take the dog to the park if we have a ball. Yeah. And when we take the ball away, it gets into fights. Yeah. So that says to me that, that the one familiar thing in an unfamiliar environment is having that ball and chasing that ball. And when that's taken out of the environment, the world falls to bits. Yeah, it's got no coping skills. No. And that's when you, you get that reactive behaviour. And way, um, way back when, I was having this, again, another conversation at the weekend, very similar. And from nine months of age, this dog, her, was whenever taken to the dog park, was gravitating towards balls. And it was communicating back then. I am choosing, actively choosing to disengage the dogs and finding something to focus on. Mm. So it was communicating way back then that I don't like it here. Yeah. These, these other dogs, the other, the other behavior it was doing, and this is, um, I always find this one an interesting one, but it was whenever it was interacting with dogs, it was grabbing the collars and putting them on the floor. Right, stopping movement. Stopping movement. It was trying to, it was overwhelmed. The other yeah. dogs in the park were fl like moving so fast and the dog's brain was going, oh, this is too much, I need everything to stop. Yeah. Stop, couldn't, it, trying to stop all the other dogs became unachievable. Um, and so then it just focused on the ball. And you watch that dog, as soon as the ball's out, it, it's like you pull the ball out, it won't blink for three days. Yeah. It's not present. And yeah. so you take that dog back into that dog park and, all oh, right, well, we're just exercising him and we'll run him around, try and tire him out. You're just... <laughs> You're getting a really fit dog. Yeah, yeah. That's super, super stressed. Yeah. And it's, you know, like you said, grabbing the collar and putting it down. Like when I, you know, see clients and they say, my dog's really dominant in the dog park, explain to me what that looks like. Yeah. He pins dogs down. And they'll even go for dogs that are running it at a distance away from them and pin them down. I'm like, your dog hates the movement. Yeah. Your dog is stopping the movement. You know, it's not every dog likes dog parks. My guy doesn't like dog parks. No. He likes walking, engaging with me, engaging with the environment. He might see a dog, make a decision. They have a conversation from a distance. Sometimes he might look at me and go, I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> just like, Mom, help. Just like you and me, though. You know, like we're walking down the street and see somebody and they're like, hey, how are you? You might turn to your mate and go, he's a bit of a dick. Like, <laughs> or I don't know who that is. Can you go and introduce them? Because I can't remember their name. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but you turn to yeah. your familiar, yeah, and you get feedback from them, and then you base your then you're in a conversation, and then you whatever you do is based on the information you get from the individuals, mm -hmm. because that other individual might not like that response and might think you're being a dickhead, and other ones might go, oh, made them uncomfortable, and try and make you more comfortable. You're a, you're in a so many variables. And yeah. That's just it. Like going back to what you said right at the start, trying to put them in categories of dominant or submissive. Mm. It's just not a hope of ever being able to understand what the dog was doing. It's so much more detailed than that. And it's conversation. It is a conversation, but it just doesn't, it's not fair. It's not fair to the animal to just go, you're dominant, you're submissive, that's it. And then any behaviors they do outside of that, you just go, I, you know, I've got to go see someone today and, you know, the dog is, is biting one of the humans and she said, he's just being naughty. And I went, mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> How many times it's, do you hear that? Yeah. yeah. He's just so naughty. He's naughty. just so stubborn. <laughs> yeah. Well, you would see a lot of that. So, I mean, you, you know, doing the, the individual walks where, you know, these dogs, they're not suitable to, to the groups. So, you know, yeah. you walk them and you see the changes in them. Yeah, definitely. And they're not just naughty and they're not just stubborn. Yeah. Like so pulls the dog out of the group conversation and puts it in a scenario it's comfortable with. Yeah. So it literally gets to see the dog firsthand change and just relax and give it a world it's comfortable with and 
enjoys. Yeah. Um, you know, not every dog wants to go out on those group walks. Like, no. And the dogs oh, that do, good on them. Like, that's fantastic. Mm. But yeah. And that's why I do it. And I've even said before, like Dave from Dogstar, he gave me Olive. He sent me a video and said, she hates group walks. Mm. Can you take her on individuals? And like now I've built her up. She's in group of three. And then even Kobe as well. Yeah. He wasn't loving it. And then he came to me, walked in by himself for a bit. And now he's in groups with all the dogs as well. Yeah. And even those groups, I mean, we do the similar thing with our team and they're slow moving groups. Yeah. Just because the dog, you know, we take it, it's not about the other dogs necessarily yeah. all the time. It's like just the lack of uh, movement and stimulus that we expose it to. He can cope with his mates. He can cope with his three dogs around him. And he, in fact, he enjoys the company of yeah. the other dogs, but he doesn't enjoy all the fun. Like if you put him in a scenario where it's full of fast movement, he's like, oh shit. He won't like it's his mates much. as much. Yeah. You know, not everybody likes nightclubs. No. <laughs> It'd no. be like taking someone who doesn't like nightclubs to a nightclub yeah. and going, oh, you'll be fine. Just have a drink. Don't worry about it. And they're going, oh, my God. All these people. <laughs> all of these people, but all of that information being thrown, loud yeah. music, you know, smell of alcohol and people bumping into you and that creates anxiety. That's We've me. Been, I, <laughs> even I enjoy walking them by themselves or walking them in a group of three. I find at the dog park, for me personally, I'm like, oh, shit, where's that dog? Oh, God. Okay. I can't cope with it. Yeah. Mm. So I find it for myself, you know, more relaxing and so do the other dogs as well. And they're able to read the other dog's body language a lot better, whereas in the dog park, they're everywhere and running around. Yeah. Like so, as a dog owner, you can look at yourself as well and go, do you know what? I'm really uncomfortable. Every time, every time I'm in this situation, whether it be, you know, if I stop with my dog and I'm constantly worried about, like at a cafe, for example, constantly worried about people coming and dogs coming, or if I'm at a dog park and I'm constantly stressing because where are the others? Yeah. If you're finding situations really stressful, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no rules. Like, just don't do it. Yeah. Um, I don't go to dog parks because I don't enjoy them that much. Yeah. Um, number of reasons, but to be honest... I just don't enjoy them. And I've become more than okay with that. I've jo been joking recently, you won't find me in a dog park unless you pay me to be there. <laughs> and, it's, and it's an interesting thing because, again, it, you know, if we go back in regards to, you know, human expectation of their dogs, the amount of people that I do see that have that reactive, fearful dog and when I ask them, what's your goal, mm. for them to go to a dog park I'm like but is that the goal of the dog yeah yeah like will that will your dog be that dog that likes it Archie doesn't like dog parks he yeah. hates that screaming and yelling of conversation he's the one-on-one -on -one dog that goes hey so yeah yeah you want to play yeah I'm gonna play for like two seconds then I'm gonna bugger off <laughs> <laughs> and I'm done <laughs> and I'm done yeah. yeah it's not he it's just not his thing I did it you know I, I used to have him in my group walks and then then he was screaming at me mm -hmm. I hate this, mom, stop it. Yeah. Stop yeah. taking me on group walks. And, you know, again, even as a trainer, I, I didn't see it. Different because it's your dog. Yeah. I know. I wasn't looking yeah. at him from trainer's eyes. But still, it's, you know, even with the things with him, like he's been a huge teacher for me yeah. in regards to the stuff that I do now, being, you know, you know the, the reactivity towards humans, which you helped me with. Yeah, but um, well... I stood, I stood still, stood while, still while you did a fantastic job of training him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it took me, I made so many mistakes with him. But they were mistakes that I learned from. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, it was, 
you know, threshold. Where is your threshold? Where are you okay? How much can I actually do without flooding you? Yeah. And him learning, no, this is because he would learn this environment. I know what's coming. So there would become predictions yeah. of, I know what's about to happen. Even before I started training, and that's another thing I find with, with this is what is your, what is your dog predicting before you even start? What cues are yeah. we giving your dog? Or what cues was I giving Archie that something was about to happen? Yeah. He's, you know, now he's so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, he's changed so much since you got him. He's like, a polar opposite dog. Like yeah. he's, you know, he's, he'll accept people that will pat him, even though please ask before patting a dog. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I found a he, dollar. God. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, in the beginning he would bark and lunge at people's faces. Yeah. yeah he's it. a big lump. He's a big ginger lump. Yeah. Big, beautiful ginger lump. Big, beautiful ginger lump. Um, <laughs> but it was, you know, he has this wiry hair on the back of his neck that people are always very intrigued by and they just feel the need to touch it. <laughs> fly by patters. We love them. Oh. Um, and he would have that instant startle reactive response. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. Um, so would I. <laughs> so would I. If I just you came up and hugged you from behind. <laughs> You'd be like, what the fuck? Can you imagine, you know, someone walks up and kisses the back of your neck or starts rubbing your hair. <laughs> Let's start doing it. We'll film it. Yeah, yeah. Start kissing the back of people's necks. <laughs> there's a really good... Um, I wish I got that bit on camera. I there's, really do. There's a short video that's done and it's in England of this is what it's like to be a dog. Yeah, it's great, right? And it's just this hand oh, that goes around in? and pats I've people on the head. Yeah. And it's clearly not stayed because you see the reactions of these people. You know, someone walking up and patting this guy, bald guy on the head and he turns around and goes, what the fuck are you doing? You would, right? Yeah. We have this thing that we think that we're entitled to touch another. You wouldn't do it to a lion. Nope. No. You so, know it better. <laughs> and uh, people wouldn't do it to cats either. No, we've no. had that conversation about yeah, cats, yeah, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> but even Boris, remember Boris? He's a very unique looking dog. And a lot of people would be interested in him, but he was a bit reactive to humans. And I remember one day I was walking him and this guy just went to reach out. And I said, oh, no, don't pat him. And he went, oh, all dogs love me. <laughs> and I was like, be here, no, he doesn't, he doesn't like humans. And he patted him anyway. And Boris was like, Rawr! and he's like, oh, he's aggressive. And I was like, you just went into his space. I told you no. And you still did it. Like, that's how he's going to react. He yeah. doesn't like people it's a pretty good uh good way to create reactivity like you know how many little and all dogs? the work i did and then he just went and undid it yeah too. yeah it, it's it's a blatant uh statement of i don't care about what how you feel i'm going to go and do it yeah and anybody that tr gets treated that way all the time like is going to think people are dickheads yeah well i think it, again it's more education you know, we were brought up to, when you approach a dog, put your hand out for it to smell. <laughs> yeah. Now we know how amazing dog's sense of smell is. You don't need to put your hand anywhere near that dog's face. Yeah. You know, you don't walk up to a human, hug them and put your neck and go, smell my pheromones. Or put the, you know, your armpits up, smell my pheromones. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, there's no need to put your hand in front of a dog's nose. Yeah. Walk away, move away from that dog. Let yeah. them approach you. Because so many people have done that with Archie. I had a guy, you know, the, the, one of the worst experiences I had with Archie was a guy who just would not listen to me. He just kept saying, 
dogs love me. All dogs love me. Come on, mate. And, you know, doing this to Arch. And I put him on lead and I was moving away and the dog, the dog, the guy kept doing this. And I kept saying to him, please don't. He doesn't, he doesn't like people. He doesn't understand men. Can you stop doing this? And the guy came right up over the top of Archie and goes, come on, mate. And Arch lunged at his face and my heart stopped and I lost it at this guy. And then similar thing, he turned around and started abusing me for having an aggressive dog where he had for at least five, ten minutes continuously tried to touch Archie and engage with him. Archie was doing his best, bless him, to not rip this guy's face off. Yeah. And when Archie finally broke, he'd given all of his body language signals to say, please stop moving near me, he broke. He went, this is all I have to do. Yeah. So what happened in that? Archie learns that this is the intensity exactly. and this yeah. is the behaviour. To get him to stop. Yep. For me to keep myself safe. That's it. But, you know, that guy, he was wanted to be that one guy that, you know, my dog loved. <laughs> but then that, that affects you as yeah. well later on. And that's what people don't understand is that one thing that that guy didn't seem to Boris. We went backwards in our training then. Because mm. I was like, oh, shit, now I have to start again because he was a man too. So when he started seeing men... He was like... You never see women do it, do you? Touch you rare, very rarely see a woman. I, I mean, we, I, we say it all the time, like men approach differently. We carry ourselves differently. Our body language yeah. is different. Mm. But you never see the woman come in and go, hey, how you fucking going, mate? Like, get them right in their grill. Like, sometimes... I really want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that, I'm that one that's walking down the street and giving up full eye contact to the dog until I see a body language signal where they go, no, I'm like, oh, my God, I really want to. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. true though. Like men fuck it up for ourselves. We're like, oh, you know, just get right in. Rough and tumble. Yeah. But I, get, yeah. I think they just don't know. No. You know, yeah. they don't know. And, you know, again, you, you guys would have the same thing. You'd have a lot of clients who have dogs who are fearful of men. And we first go to, they must have been abused by a man. Yeah. And when I've come to clients whose dog, who they've had the dog since puppy and they've never laid a hand on the, on that dog, it's like, well, it's not. They don't need to be hit to yeah. be traumatized. Even even just um, learnt association. So, like, uh, one of the common things we see uh, is, so, man and woman living with the dog, woman is gentle and soft and normal, and the man is being normal. Mm. But the man plays with the dog with his hands and roughs him up, and like, in, in, not in, like, an aggressive way whatsoever, in a, in a very loving, playful way. Mm-hmm. But the learnt association then of men is you're going to put your hands in my face. You're going to be high arousal and I can, I'm going to respond in kind. I'm just going to respond how I know. So then whenever we see it all the time where the dog's like, the owners are like, Oh yeah, he's, he just gets real mouthy with men or like maybe he humps men or, Mm. you know, just something that's less wanted with men. But that's because, and he's like, and the owner is always like, Oh, you know, I just, I'm only playing with him. I'm like, yes, but you're also complaining. You ma- you made a phone call today because of this problem behavior presenting. Mm. And no, I know you probably don't want to take away that game that you love with your dog. And I know that your dog actually enjoys it. But if this is where you need to weigh it up and go, what what do I want to achieve with my dog? Do I want him to be able to go and greet men and not jump on them? Yeah. If not, then stop doing that game. If you if it's not if you after this conversation you realize that it is a non-issue. And you want to carry on playing the game and you're not going to tell your dog off for doing it anymore. I don't care either. Mm. But make a decision and own what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's not not that hard. Guys, we are going to have to wrap wow, this up. Wow, that went up. quickly. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have to come back in, so. Absolutely, this is fun. I know, right? But love it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. So Thank much. you Thanks very much for having me. It's all I mean, coming good. We didn't. I don't think we actually did a formal introduction. I mean, this is Dominic no. Hone of <laughs> the Dog Brigade. This is it Dom from the Dog Brigade? <laughs> Dom from the Dog Brigade. Yeah, I think everyone just knows me as Dom. Yeah. yeah. When when people go Dominic, they go, "Who's that?" Yeah. Yeah. Dom. Oh yeah. 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 I don't think I've ever said Dominic. <laughs> no, and that's okay. Yeah. And what's your Instagram too? The Dog Brigade. Um. Oh, do you know what this is? See, I'm really bad at social media. Just to let everybody know, <laughs> yeah. I think it's the dog brigade un- or we'll the underscore dog underscore brigade. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're gonna What's tag it? it. Yeah, we'll no, tag it. Nobody's gonna remember it anyway. As in, like, what? Like, they're just gonna see it, click it, follow it. Yeah. Well, well, that's it. Most people just know me as Dom. They don't even know my company name. Yeah. They're like, Dom. You know Dom. Dog Brigade. Archie Dog Camera. Brigade. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking there. Hello. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, yeah. Archie's on your logo, Aww. which is very cute. I love it. Yeah. Boy. And, um, yeah, so thank you thank so you guys. much thank for coming you. in. It's, Pleasure. Uh, it's brilliant. So, yeah, we will get you back in because awesome. you're somebody who's – very knowledgeable on dog behavior and we love hearing from you so uh that's it for today guys and remember a healthy dog's a happy dog and that was the pod the healthy dog pod